Small business owners, listen up. This is the Small Business Saturday podcast series. Once a week, every Saturday, we highlight a small, local, unique business owner to tell their story as to how they got started and how they grew their business. We're starting here specifically in the city of Philadelphia and then expanding. You're probably thinking of the day after Black Friday being Small Business Saturday. Well, we expanded upon that with a weekly podcast and a monthly video series highlighting these unique small business owners across the city. So if you are an entrepreneur or small business owner, stay tuned. We've got a great episode for you. If you want to get involved, send us a message and remember to shop small. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Small Business Saturday. My name is Mac Frederick, your host, and I am here with our new friend, Tyrese Burton with Mom's Mobile Oil Change. Uh, here in the Philadelphia area. Tyrese, it is a pleasure to have you. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Absolutely, man. I I know we were just kicking it a little bit and uh, just finding out more about your business and just giving you the backstory on Small Business Saturday. You know, it, it's people like you who really embody what we're looking for in a small business owner because, I mean, how many how many different hats do you wear just day-to-day running your business? Oh, I'm uh, the Mad Hatter. I'm the Mad Hatter. I'm got on every hat <laughs> in the store. I'm the, I'm the HR. I'm marketing. I'm the accounts receivable. I got to do everything. Um, and I got to actually do the work that the business right. is generating. Right. It, it's so. It's complicated. I mean, whenever you're doing so many different things as a small business owner, it's tough to to get them done at the level that you want them to get done in order to, to grow and, you know, hire and improve and, and get more business. So, I mean, the day in the life of you, I guess, before we jump into that, you know, tell me and everybody listening really quickly, mom's mobile oil change. First off, where'd you get the name? And second off, tell me your story, man. How'd you get your start? Mom's mobile oil change. I was, the name came I was just trying to come up with something catchy that was oil related and um it's an acronym for mobile oil management solutions as we deal in um many aspects many phases and as what's that word as you know what I mean of the oil industry as far as uh, waste oil removal recycling selling products so I wanted to do something that would the um mobile oil change as well as you know let people know that we do that so i went back and forth with something like black gold because uh oil is like gold black gold liquid gold and it came down to i'm a single father and moms just made perfect sense so i said moms and then i had to make up an acronym and it was like okay mobile oil management as we do deal in all aspects of oil and i came up with that name and the business idea the business idea came from i was working at a cancer research laboratory and i was sitting on my lunch break one of my co-workers anita oil change job was stressing me out i'm like i always had an entrepreneurial spirit i'm like i need to start my own business i need an oil change I'm going to start driving around, jacking people's cars up and doing oil changes right on the spot. 
And my friend was like, you know, that's a really good idea. And we talked a little more about it. I went back doing some research, seeing that it was, I wasn't a genius. So it did exist in some little places around the world. And I just built and built and started building and came up with a idea turned into a, 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 a business, a physical thing. It was just you, right? There's nobody else on, uh, who's helped started it, any partners or anything? No, it's just me. It's just so, me. I bootstrapped it from the beginning. Whew. I had some savings in the beginning, so I took my money and I bought a truck and I researched all of the equipment that I needed. So I pre-started because I could have went out and bought into a franchise, but it was too expensive. So how much? What were the prices making, you were looking at? It was about forty-five to fifty thousand starting depending on which system you wanted because they had different systems they were offering. And I had a nice job, but my money management wasn't that good. So the money I was making, I was spending. And then when I got the idea, it was like, probably like most business owners, it's like, oh, I got to get this, get this done. You know, you start having that first to market fear. And I was like, I got to get it done. Got to get it done. So I figured out how to do it cheaper i pieced it together everything that they were offering as a package i went out and got it separately individually put everything together in the van looked up all of the um laws the legalities of running this type of business and my remember my friend anna was my first customer, my coworker, my first client was my friend. She was so excited that I was starting and Yeah. And then so and I, yeah, she just knew like, like you were putting together. So like she you, you told her about like your idea and what you wanted to do and she was like, you know, it's those first people that are willing to invest in you and believe in you. And but starting with that first customer, I mean, how did you really grow from there? Like, how did you get the word out? Because starting a business from scratch, you know, not having a customer base already is very difficult. So what did you do in that case? From there, uh, I think I started off doing all the wrong things or the things that didn't work. I can't say they were wrong because they may be right for someone else, but all of the things that didn't work, passing out flyers, um, begging my friends to repost me on their Facebook and their social media. And once I realized that I had to do something different, my for the first maybe six months, I would just go out every morning to gas stations and I would go to like office parks where, and businesses where people were going to work in groups and catch them as they were getting out of their cars, going into their offices. And I would pass out business cards and, hey, how you doing? I'm Tyrese. I got this new thing going and this and this, putting flyers on cars and and just driving around. I had no advertising budget, so I wasn't paying for anything. Really? And so you were just doing like it, all grassroots, like bootstrap. Just knocking on doors. Doing marketing. Yeah. 
putting what stickers was... on places where they wasn't supposed to be and sticking my business cards in places and just trying to get the word out there that it was that it existed. Honestly, that's what you got to do, though. Like, if you don't have much money, it's like you can't pay for an agency. You can't buy ads. Plus, you don't know, like, you know, what you're getting, even if you do. So a lot of small business owners, small business owners I talk to, you know, it's they got it. They've got to do these more traditional grassroots marketing things that they're, you know, that they know and just like putting themselves out there and like taking these risks. What do you think? worked the best for you i think as far as the 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 grassroots guerrilla marketing tactics i think talking to people was the best because even with talking to people it i realized that some a lot of people may oh i get my oil change here oh my husband does this but even those people were like, oh, this is a great idea. So what that led me into was, oh, well, do you think, I, I know your husband does yours, but do you think you can take a business card and post it on your page or tell your friends about it who he doesn't do? So it led me to start not looking at everyone in themselves as a potential customer, but as a potential voice for more marketing and more advertising and more word of mouth. You know, it became more important to me that if this person told 10 friends, it was more important that they ever got the oil change from me. And just being out there talking to people, that was the best thing. It made me feel so comfortable. It made me more confident and it gave me more confidence to go to businesses. So then I realized that I could go to B to B and not just B to C. And now I'm at a plumbing supply place or talking to the fleet manager for them. And this is a more productive conversation. So I think going out and talking to people, customers, not necessarily like networking events, but actual potential customers, and people out there, I think that's one of the best things that happened for me. For yeah. The, as far as the grassroots. That's a really good point. And it sounds like, okay, word of mouth, word of mouth is great because you get the trust uh, of another human being and convince them that, you know, you can do the job for them. It's a relationship and you're building value. But it sounds like a lot of that conversation with word of mouth has now gone online, meaning, you know, not just in person, but, you know, social media is also becoming the word of mouth. Would you say that's true with your business? It sounds like a lot of people are like sharing you online. Yeah, it's, it's for me, it's, it's actually, it's become a shit of almost a 100, not 100, but 90% shift from talking to people on the street and in person to actually talking to them on social media. And I think it's two reasons for that is because in the beginning, I really didn't know how to use social media uh, in an effective way at all. 
And I was more comfortable and more effective with talking to people. That was more old school salesman, knock on the door, get the sale type of thing. So now that business is growing and I'm actually doing more work and not more talking to people, I have to find other ways to utilize my time more effectively. So we all know that social media covers more people than you being out in a, a place that's regulated. So I started learning. I had to go back and learn how to use social media. And the first thing I had to learn was which social media to use. And it was Instagram versus Facebook versus all of them. So I started using Instagram. And again, it was, hey, hey, can you share this? Hey, you want your oil changed? Hey, I do this, which was unexpected. So with the, I went back to what I was doing in the streets and just having conversations with people online, building up a presence, brand awareness, just letting them know that I'm out there and if they want to talk to me about this or that, their car or their, anything they see, they're not, anything, I'm here. Right. And that that's what took me to the uh, another level um, and social media. So now, like you said, I do have people that's willing to share me or that's willing to take a look at me. You know, do, you know, do you don't. I've learned now sometimes you can just do certain things and then someone will look at your page and then they'll say hi to you. And I know some people may think, of saying hi to that person is more effective, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes just dropping a high five will make a person engage with you. And sometimes you do need to engage with that person and say, hey, hi, or hey, this is what I have or what I want to say to you. So, yeah, the conversation for me has switched to social media, and now I'm doing the exact same thing that I was doing out in the streets on social media. And it's effective with the greater reach. That's a great point. Would you say Instagram is what you use the most and is most effective? Yeah, Instagram is the most effective for me. Um, as far as I focus most of my time and my social media uh, dollars, my mental dollars, you know, that the guy... Mr. Gary calls it the mental dollars. You have to spend your mental dollars, and that's where I spend most of my mental dollars as well as my physical dollars on Instagram because Facebook is a different platform. You know, every every social media has their demographics, and for me, yes, Instagram is where my target customers are, and that's where I get my most reach at. Yes. So with with that being said, you know, Instagram is by far the most engaged platform from a social perspective. You know, it's it's almost 10 times more engaging than any other platform, you know, including Facebook and, and Twitter and even YouTube. So it, it's just where people's attention is and it's where you can have a conversation and develop an audience. So it's funny thinking, oh, well, this oil change business could be popular on Instagram. It doesn't sound, it doesn't sound like, you know, a typical influencer or like, you know, product or clothing brand. 
it's not something you would usually even see on Instagram, but it's funny how that is actually where you're getting most of your responses. Yeah, that's really funny that you say that, mention the word influencer, because when you think of Instagram as a whole, like, what is Instagram? It's not the Instagram from five years ago, 10 years ago, like my picture, like my picture, you know? It's really right. How is how, how Instagram going to make money? That's what everybody wanted to know, and now we know, you know? So, and it is for businesses, but, I, you know, for me, again, back to what we were talking about, like, in the beginning, Instagram was a sales tool. But right. it wasn't effective as a sales tool for me because they were shifting. They were shifting to what they are come, who they are now and where they probably will be in a few more years. So it led me into that space of am I an oil change company or am I a, a, some type of official influencer growing in the – auto field, the Instagram world, the oil change world, it's a combination of all of them where it's just for, like, I think if you can figure out your algorithm, then you can be effective on Instagram. And I'm getting my algorithm down on Instagram. And for me, my algorithm is 70% information, 20% 20% entertainment and about 10% sales. And that's what builds my engagement. You know, nobody cares if I post a thing saying oil changes $29.99. They know that. Right, right, right. They, you know, and that's why my followers, they definitely know that because that's why they follow me so they don't forget who I am. But once they don't forget, now they're following me to see what else can they see. They don't want to see that popping up on their timeline every 10 minutes. Right. So you try to position yourself as more of a thought leader providing value around, you know, getting better performance out of their, you know, vehicles, I'm assuming. Yes. So my, and it's switching because like you said, everything starts off. Now, some people, for me, I didn't have a clear plan as far as Instagram, you know, it started off as a sales tool. Hey, come by this, try this, come by this. But now that I, like you said, I'm, becoming more of a thought leader and more of a a person that's here is like what value do I bring to these people? Moms has its own value. And moms as a company with word of mouth doesn't need to advertise at all. But me as Tyrese, the owner of moms, the representative of moms, moms representing me as I am a person on Instagram, then I can bring the value that I have as a person and a company, and that is knowledge and information and resources. So, so yes, it makes it, it builds me to the path of being a thought leader because like the things that I post on my page are of value. Let me let me backtrack a little bit. Take it a step back. How long have you been in business? You know, how long have you been around doing this? I've been in Pennsylvania. I have two. There's a two 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 stories to Miles Mobile Oil Change. Miles Mobile Oil Change started off in 2001 as A1 Mobile Oil Change in Los Angeles, California. 
And that's back when I was sitting in the car with my friend, my coworker at lunch and started. We ran for about three years in Los Angeles. Did pretty good. Life changed and I had to shut down. I moved to Pennsylvania. So we've been in Pennsylvania for since 2013, five years. And we've been Moms Mobile ever since then. Uh, rebranded and relaunched here in Pennsylvania for about five years. So you still don't have a partner like you used to when you had your other one in LA, but now it's it's mainly like you as the the you know owner and founder. Do you have a team that works around you who helps you do the oil changes or anything else? Uh, no, well in LA it was just me again. It, he was my coworker who helped me um, with the idea. He didn't want anything from me. He just was like, hey dude, I mean, I just know I saw him. He he knew about mobile. He didn't know about mobile oil changes. But he knew that no one takes their boat in to get an oil purchase. So the system that they were using on boats is with the system that he had introduced to me, the evacuation system, which is the basis of most mobile uh, businesses, is evacuation to take the fluid out. So, um, and then here... It's just me. I have one um, part-time. Uh, I don't I wouldn't say he's an employee. I would say he's more like a a a partner. You know, I mean, he's not a partner in the business, but he he does a lot of the things that an employee would do as far as the work, as right. far as you know, and he helps me out a lot. And it's not an employee-boss relationship because we're friends. There's no, you know, hierarchy. There's a hierarchy, obviously. I own the business. I'm responsible for certain things. But um, he's just helping me alone. He understands that we're still growing. And he could go down to Jim's auto chains and probably get 12, 15K a year. Hanging out with me, he's probably only going to get five to seven a year. But he's going to learn, he's going to grow, and we're going to grow together because he's a business owner too, so we help each other out in that aspect. So it's just me and him. And my daughter, you may have seen her on my Instagram or on my webpage. She helps out a lot, you know, making her little posts and her little um addition to the um, entertainment side of the mom's social media. And she's getting more involved in the um, the internet side. She's going to start taking over more of the blog. Not taking it over, but, you know, I'm going to have her writing a couple pages for the blog, um, deciding what's going to get posted on Instagram and stuff. And, yeah, just until, it's- you know. It's funny, the point you made about boats, I didn't even think about like, okay, how do people get the oil in their boat changed? Because are they taking it somewhere? Is it more difficult to change? What all devices, your what all, I guess, uh, vehicles do you change oil for? You know, what's common and, and what all do you cover? My, mostly it's the, the uh, automobiles is our number one. Um that we work on and that's because our our 
target our uh, client market. We we market towards automobiles. Um, I was at one location. I did the lady's car, and she called me in the back. Said, "Oh, excuse me, can you can you change the oil on this?" I'm like, "What is it?" I look, and it's a lawnmower. So I'm like, "Oh yeah, I could change the oil on a lawnmower." Then you know, so like I told her, I guess. If it has oil and it needs to be changed, I can change it. You know, I can do a tractor, a big rig. I can do a backhoe. Anything that has the oil and a filter that needs to be changed, uh, moms will change the oil and the filter on there properly according to manufacturer specification. But our primary client right now, um, I do a lot of uh, transit vans. I know some of you your listeners and maybe you as well have ordered from Amazon. Yeah. And you see a little white truck pull up at your house. Some of right. them have white whiting, some of them have black. Uh that's my client. So I service those vehicles and they're uh Amazon's largest subcontractor for all the deliveries in the Philadelphia, New Jersey, um and parts of New York. I don't go to New York but they cover parts of New York area. And um my business consumes primarily maybe 90% consumer, 10% fleet right now, which I'm trying to change, but I'm happy with the B2C. Yeah, I guess getting those B2B deals with like fleets would really make a big difference because then it's, you know, you could almost make it a monthly recurring thing and, you know, it's predictable revenue and you can, you know, really increase the amount of transactions. Yeah, only thing about those guys is they don't pay their invoices on time. But, <laughs> but True. The, the, that's where the basis of the business is. I mean, you know, because even for um, consumers, you know, customer retention with consumers, depending on your market, a lot of people are neglected. I think oil changes are the number one neglected service on a vehicle. You know, no one neglects a, a bad tire. No one neglects bad brakes, a broken windshield. The oil change, you just watch those numbers go from 100 to 200 to 300. Oh, wait, look, I'm 2,000 miles over my oil change. Right, so, right, right. There's a large, you know, education factor that plays in the part with the um, consumers. You know, and that goes back to being the thought leader on the Instagram gives me a room to do a lot of informative stuff, which I'm getting more geared towards car maintenance, just information, informative information, you know. A lot of people probably never change the air filter in their car. They and, just don't know when to, you know. Right. And so you're, you're on demand in Philly. You know, tell us about, uh, you know, being in Philadelphia and, you know, how you like the area and what services uh, service areas you cover as well? Uh, currently, for a residential and um, consumer, we cover Philadelphia, Bucks County, and Montgomery County. Um, for fleets, it depends. We I have fleets in New Jersey, and um, so it doesn't matter for fleets really. Um, Philadelphia, I primarily like the not like, but the basis of the business is convenience. So the most convenient time and place for those that work and live in Philadelphia would be to get it done while they're at work. 
And we have a simple booking process. You can go right online, book your appointment. You show up at your job. Uh, you don't even have to come out. We can come and get your keys. You never leave your desk. So um, Philadelphia has been good to me. Um, a lot more. North Philadelphia, Fishtown, Brewery Town has been pretty good. I don't go to South Philly too much. Um, but, again, if you're listening and you're at work and you've been needing the oil change, that's the perfect time to get it done, and that would be the best time I would recommend. That's awesome. Uh, what, I guess, you know, a couple of final questions here. You What took you – what really made a major impact on sales? Like what started bringing you money so that you could start growing the business? The, 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 the uh, fleet that we just spoke of, the you fleet know, services, consumer, okay. the fleet services, consumer always been, um, I can drive around in my van. Someone will see my van. They say, Hey, can you do my oil change right now? So I can get business from, you know, residential customers, customers, and consumer drivers from um, general advertising, general word of mouth, just being around, and that 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 was doing good. I was still working a regular job, not a regular job, but a job unrelated to the oil change, and. Um, Everything was cool, doing oil changes here and there, one or two, three or four, you know, just growing the business, keeping happy, you know, staying in business. And then one night, about 10.30 at night, I got a call. And I'm like, hey, mom, no oil change, Tyree speaking. And the, the man on the other end of the phone is like, oh, I didn't expect anyone to answer the phone. I was going to leave a message. So I'm like, well, now I'm on the phone. You want to talk? You want to leave a message? Uh, so we end up talking. And that's when it was the guy that owns all of those vans. He's like, my name is Kevin. I own 300 vans. Uh, we do this and that. I'm looking for someone to service them. Um, I want you to put me together a quote. So I, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm freaking out. Is this real? Like, wait, I'm waiting for Ashton Kusher to pop out. I just I can't be real, you know. Put the quote together. He said okay. Sent them over a contract, just a um, simple contract, just to uh, protect me from another mobile service coming in and undercutting me without me knowing and being able to counteract the deal. He signed it, started service the next week, and. It seemed like once that happened, then I got a call from another company that wanted me to do their fleet. They were smaller. They only had, not only, they were smaller. They have eight vehicles. But it was like, wait, am I on some type of data, database now? Right. Because it's like now they know. Did they tell their friends or something? Because now it just, then the uh, consumer picked up. and. With that, it gave me more confidence to be like, okay, wait, maybe I can get fleets now. Because, you know, it was the apprehensive, like, well, you know, I didn't go to business school. I didn't have a business plan, a marketing plan. I had an idea and a bunch of bad ideas. 
and it gets discouraging at times. And it's like, okay, well, am I at the top? You know, I mean, when you look at businesses, like who's at the top? The business is making a million dollars, or the business is making two hundred thousand. I mean, I'm sure both their owners are happy. The two hundred might not even ever want to be a billion dollar company. So it was like, okay, maybe I'm just a three hundred dollar a year company, and I'm I did it though. How I many people out there want to do it? I did it. I'm gonna take my revenue three hundred dollars a year, and I'm gonna be happy. And I started, you know, feeling that way, kind of. But once the business came in and the money started coming in, which is not like, you know, rolling in the dough, but it was like, okay, it's real now. Now you're actual business. You got fleet customers. You got residential customers. You're rolling. And so that's when, about a year ago. Did did you ask these customers actually how they heard about you and, and found out about you? Well, I started now and I do I mean not now but you know at a certain point I started so it's now too but now and I ask them where did they find me at uh, and ironically a large 90% of them just find me on Google when they're searching for mobile oil changes so I like to think that the times have moved forward where before people were searching for oil changes and now they're searching for mobile oil changes. So with the time moving forward and me learning more about um, SEO a little more and my page being a little more optimized for just oil changes in general, it helps with that on the search. And then being optimized for mobile oil changes, it helps because people are actually searching for mobile oil changes. So every time right. someone searches for a mobile oil change, bam, that's me. Exactly. And then whatever percentages at a time that they're just searching for regular oil changes, that's me too. And I got to get that worked out. So like, I know you guys know, like, that's what you do, SEO and search engine optimization. And um, I don't know if I answered your question, but I wanted to ask you a question. Yeah. Like, as far as search engine optimization, like, is backlinks a good way to go for local? It's a great question. So... Backlinks, uh, you know, for, for those listening, that's when another website links to your website. And it's basically, you know, another website telling you you're popular, whether they're linking from a picture, a word, um, whether it's their blog or just a piece of content. You know, they're giving you credit and they're referring to you. And there's there's good links and there's bad links. So there's something called white hat versus black hat backlinking. White hat is like the good proper way that you're supposed to go about it. You know, whether that's somebody just giving you credit because they've they know and they've heard about you and they want to tell people about you or you asking a blogger or getting some press release or, you know, some news or media outlet picking it up. Black hat bad backlinks is when, you know, you're spamming the Internet, trying to get everybody to link to your site from all these sketchy third party sites and directories which isn't very good to answer your question. 
backlinking is still important. That's not going away. I mean, Google literally founded their company with the name Backrub, which was based on backlinking. And then they changed their name a couple of years later. But it is still relevant. What you need to do when backlinking is either just provide a really good product or service where people can't help but talk about it. Uh, or be very uh, creative and strategic in talking to the right people and working with bloggers and, and media uh, companies and news companies to get their word out about your, your product or service. But with mom's mobile oil change specifically, Tyrese, yes, it is relevant, but not, not as relevant for local search traffic and local SEO. What I usually recommend a lot of the local businesses who we work with is focusing on your Google My Business listing. Are you familiar with that? Yes, I have. Uh, yeah, I have one. So, you know, people who have asked this question before, and people I've talked to, there's a lot you can do, especially if you're like a booking, you know, service company that allows booking. And so, if I look at your mobile listing here. Uh, there's a couple things I'd say. One, you have an awesome amount of reviews and good reviews. Keep that up. Ask all of your customers to write you a review uh, whenever you're done doing a service for them. The more good uh, quality reviews, the better your chance of ranking above competitors. And make sure you respond to those reviews as well. The main call to action here is schedule, see schedule and book. That's perfect. That's what people are looking for. You know, most people are either looking for a price or looking to schedule something. Uh, it looks like there is also a link out to your website from your local listing and uh, you have your phone number hours. What you, what you see here and what you probably should be doing is adding more images and adding branded images and creating posts. It's almost like social media posts, but it's called um, Google my business posts. Have you right. tried any of those yet? Okay. No, actually, that's, I'm glad you mentioned that because I've been getting, you know, emails from them. And now I guess I'm more active with Google. So they, you know, they're telling me stuff about my Google My Business. Oh, create a post. Uh, your post is about to expire. Uh, more businesses get this, uh, yada, yada, which, you know. So I didn't understand it at first. So I would post a picture once in a while. I just turned on the booking because I was like, I don't really want people booking me through Google. So I didn't really understand how important that it was or how, you know, so I'm glad you, you, you know, that you hear that because that's important for me. And I think other business owners to know in the service field, because I think we think that Google is just the search result. And if, you know, my business is building up a community, like you just said, then we need the service people and other businesses alone. Right. You need to be taking advantage of that. So definitely add more posts. Uh, you want to make sure you have it labeled as you provide a mobile service instead of like a brick and mortar retail location, which I'm assuming you do. Most of the lo most local search traffic is mobile. Almost 70% of search traffic is mobile now. So people are going to be able to schedule or call you directly from their local Google search. And you also want to prioritize using your Google My Business phone application so there should be an app for ios and android that's called my business download that and it lets you upload pictures respond to reviews do posts um, a lot of different things to optimize your google my business listing 
You can also, and I'll do it right now while we're on the phone, is you can run a local listing audit, which will give you a score. And you can do that through Yexter Moz. You know, we're partnered with them. You know, they're not sponsoring this podcast or anything, but we're partnered with them. And so if I were to run, if you want me to run your score real quick, sure. I'll run it with Moz Local. Basically, you just put in your name and your zip code. And what would the zip code be for you? I see you're an Ambler. 19002. So if I check your listing on Moz Local SEO audit, it says you're verified, it has your information, but it, it's giving you a very low score. It's giving you, uh, which is fine, you have plenty of room for improvement. So I'll send you over your score. It's basically saying you're on Facebook, Google, and Yelp, but you're, you don't have any of your other local listings or directories like Yellow Pages, Axiom, uh, City Search, Insider Pages, um, a lot of these other local listings and directories. One thing that's really important for a lot of local search volume is you start with your Google My Business listing and you completely optimize that and then you go to Yelp. And then you go to Facebook and then you go to Yellow Pages. Then you go to Bing. Then you go to Hot Frog. Then you go to Foursquare. Then you go to all these local listings and directories. And if your NAP, it's called your NAP consistency, which is your name, address, and phone number. Yeah. If that is consistent across the internet, Google is going to prioritize showing your business in local search results ahead of your competitors. Okay. So let me ask you a question. Uh, with in that regard right there, do you recommend a small business owner that um, had a somewhat, let's assume they got uh, a couple hundred dollar budget a month at least. Do you recommend that they use a service like Yext? Because for them to do the local listing is going to get really, really it's going to be a lot time consuming for them, depending on what they're doing, you know? Right. There's a lot, a lot of local listings out there that you, like you said, they need to be on the ones you mentioned. And there's tons that you didn't even mention. So do you think that is worth the investment to have a service? Great question. Maintain. Well, the X is just, I guess the dashboard. So you're paying for the dashboard, but, it's monthly, so you're going to have to, you know what I mean? If you, I, I, like me, I had a, I have a hard time seeing the value in the monthly subscription to a service like that. So to answer your question, you, everybody always has options, no matter what you're doing in life, whether it's business or what else. And your options in this case or any small business owner is, okay, I either do it myself, I pay someone else to do it, or I pay for a service, which is the software, which is Yext or Moz. Uh, Yext covers more ground. They cover more listings and directories. It is a paid service and they make you sign up for like a long-term, they make you sign up for like a, an annual contract in most cases. But really, in my opinion, you can do that or you can buy Moz, which is like 200 bucks a year. Or you can pay like an intern or like, you know, a friend or someone to do it because it does take a lot of time and you still can't even access all of the listings or directories unless you actually go through a platform like theirs because they have the partnerships 
in the, in the syndication right. software. So my suggestion is use, this is, this is what I do. This is what I do. I pay Moz. I run my score on Moz. I completely, you know, beef out my Google and my Yelp and my Facebook and my Bing. And then I use the syndication uh, software for the rest and I'll pay the Moz subscription for the whole year at $200. And then I'll sign up for Yext and I'll run Yext for a couple months because it only takes them like one or two months to actually push your information out to the directories. Okay. And then I'll stop paying. Then I'll just like cancel it and be like, hey, we're good because it's already out there. Uh, the benefits of using it ongoing for Yext is, you know, you can make changes and updates and add pictures and it'll, you know, all the stuff that you should be doing monthly, Yext can help with and it can do reporting and notifications and all these other things. But I don't think think it's as pivotal for your monthly payment. So that's what I'd do. You know, a couple hundred bucks takes care of it. Okay, cool. And you guys can, can you got a... You guys can help a small business like Mike put a, put together a plan, a budget plan with the you know what I mean. A few, something like, this is my budget. What do you recommend me doing as a DYI? Or if I can't afford to come to you and hire you, can I pay you to put me together a plan? You know they have the the social media calendars, something that sometimes people who aren't as organized can have something that's structural because a lot of guys don't have business plans, marketing plans, you know, and they can't afford some of them. A lot of them can't afford to pay the, what is, is being charged. Right. And they don't have the, the time and the mindset to, to take advantage of the free resources. Because like you said, there's a ton of free resources out there, but, you're going to have to go through the wormhole to get to them, man. So do you offer That's... anything like on a smaller level where it's like, okay, this can help you and That's it'll funny. give them a little direction? Yeah, it's it almost seems like that question's prompted, which it's not because it's sort of the premise of this whole series is because not all these small businesses can afford an agency or afford a contractor or a consultant or anybody to do this for them. We don't actually provide these smaller packages, but however, that is why we run this series is so that we can answer your questions and provide some insight and feedback on how to grow your business and how small businesses can grow and what they can do on their own and how they don't need an agency and how they could waste their money doing certain things. Um, what I would tell you as far as some of my advice without digging deeper into it, you know, there's a lot of research I could do. Um, SEO is going to be one of your best friends. Obviously you're talking about local versus, you know, uh, web traffic and national, but, you know, getting some of that local SEO traffic, using your Google, my business listing is very important. Uh, using social media and word of mouth, maybe creating like a, you know, a really good email list or some sort of, um, way that you can communicate with your customers. Maybe it's SMS, like texting monthly or emailing. Um, I would also think about even running paid ads on search terms that you aren't showing up for, you know, maybe running Google search ads and, and learning more about that. There's always a will and a way. And, uh, you know, we tend to work with small to medium sized businesses that are at a certain level, but you know, not everybody can always afford an agency. So, um, I want to thank you for jumping on this call. I think this was great. 
if you do have more questions, feel free to reach out to me or the team. Um, do you have any last minute questions before we sign off here? Uh, no, thank you. That was great. One question for us, for me and the listeners. Uh, Google, CPC or just pay for impressions? What do you think? Oh. Recommend? Uh, for for a service business, no way I'd pay for impressions. It's CPC all day because you're going to pay for people who are looking for what your service is and they're looking for you instead of, you know, seeing an ad somewhere where it's not even relevant for them. So you're not a big brand like Pepsi or Nike. You want to pay for cost per click. Right. Okay. Makes sense. I never, that was one thing I was dealing with too. Like, oh, I, I'm paying 15 cents for the tire kickers. But really at the end of the day, like you said, these are people who are looking for what you offer and not just being pushed in front of them. Tyrese, it's been an absolute Again, thank pleasure. You. Thank you so much. Uh, the first in first of many Small Business Saturday podcasts here at Momentum Digital. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, Moms is a great brand. I appreciate everything you've done. You know, you're just getting started and there's a lot of fun to come. Uh, for everybody listening, uh, this has been uh, an amazing episode with Tyrese Burton and mom's uh mom's brand of mobile oil change here in philadelphia area tyrese thank you and uh we'll catch everybody next week